Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes the lead in the Kilmore. Crone draws clean out from Mizzy. It's a Queensland victory. Crone beat Mizzy. Oh, Nicholas, Nicholas, Nicholas. I don't even want to do the proper intro uh, for the uh, the podcast. I'm sure you know why I'm so bummed out, mate. I still haven't recovered from that that weekend. And you keep getting up. Boy, do I have some egg on my face. But uh, Quaddy Potty, welcome back, listeners. Mitchell Cashmore joined by Nick Highland. And uh, yeah, how are you, mate? How, you, how have you recovered? How, have you even recovered? Yeah, I wasn't too bad, mate. Like, I didn't absolutely put the mock on um, a horse. I, I didn't say it was that bad. Um, but yeah, look, that's racing, man. Um, still a big run from Nasa's trip. I'm just happy I didn't didn't drop any money on on this trip. Like I said, it was probably too short for me to put any money on. And at the end of the day, I to wear the chockies, so pretty happy. Um, yeah, good race in the end. Great day. Um, but yeah, that's me, mate. Oh well, I mean, I'll, I'll cheer up, so I won't glum around the entire podcast. But man. My goodness gracious me, that race in from start to finish just like epitomizes what the Everest has become. It is just a massive spectacle. Like all 48,000, I think it was of us, all standing as close as we could to that fence, singing Sweet Caroline. The horses go up to the barriers, the roar as they jumped, the roar as Nature Strip hit the front, and then just the the deafening sort of... I don't even know what to call it. Like the air was just sucked out of everyone as soon as Nature Trip got past and then giga kick of all horses ran over the top of it, won. It's not even a three-year-old. By definition, it's a three-year-old, but its birthday was today. It won the Everest as a technical by-the-book two-year-old. It was only two years old, Nick, and it was able to beat the best sprinters in this country after almost losing its last couple starts to nobody. It's just... Incredible. I sat there for about 45 minutes afterwards, mouth open. You saw me. You were like straight away, no, nah, i got to get a drink in me. But I just sat there bewildered. I had no idea what to say. Yeah, it was um, – I mean, I wasn't that shocked. Like I was I was like, wow. Um, yeah, I was, I was, it was crazy. But, yeah, I, I can remember your face. You were literally sitting there for five minutes. Speechless, not speaking to anyone with your jaw dropped. I got over it pretty quickly. I had a couple of drinks already in me and I was just screaming, getting around everyone. Um, everyone was in the same amount of emotion. No one won in general admission. Um, but yeah, it's it's racing, man. That's I don't know. I, ha- I had a weird feeling going into the into the day that the strip wasn't as good as it um, as it seemed. So did I. I had a weird feeling. I was in all of my exotics. I was keeping it out. I was going nature strip win, and then the rest of them boxed as second and third. But then I thought, hang on, I'm looking at it. I'm getting really worried. All of a sudden, back markers started to win on the day. That wasn't supposed to happen. The track dried right out. That wasn't supposed to happen. And I was like, oh, I'm really concerned about the swoopers here. I'm concerned about the mass crusaders. I'm concerned about the private eyes. But not for a second did I consider Giga Kick. Not for a single second. Of course, last week I said that if it uh, uh, couldn't win the race if it started last Monday, I ended up being <laughs> very, very wrong. I uh, 
Uh, I had a lot of people texting me going, you look like an idiot. But I don't think I look like too much of an idiot. I think I probably look like about the same people that thought Melbourne Demons were going to piss in the AFL Premiership. I think, you know, it was a pretty pretty unanimous decision by the industry that Nature Strip was going to get up and that Giga Kick didn't really have a chance in hell to win because it had no form lines. But like you said, that's racing. I, I, just, I don't know. I, it, I, like I said, I sat there very bewildered. And ever since we've started this little journey, Nick, with the Mock Sports and the Mock Racing Club, there has not been a single big moment to happen in sport in general, especially racing, where I haven't wanted to go... Someone get a mic in front of me. Someone get a camera in front of me. I wish I was on a broadcast with Nick right now because I need to talk about this now. I need to give my thoughts. I need to discuss, discuss, discuss. Like someone get a mic in front of me. And it is the first time since we've started this where, and probably one of the first times genuinely in my life where I was left speechless. I couldn't come up with any sort of reasoning why I saw what I just saw. And like you said, that's the beauty of racing. That's just racing. Yeah, it's just um obviously the barrier just 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 beat um next strip in the end. Yeah, exactly. just went five wide going into the bend. Even J Max come forward and said he knew at the bend it was all over. Um, you look, there's no horse that is gonna keep up with Eduardo there. Um, honestly, he if he if he picks a good barrier, probably wins by three lengths. So yeah, still a still a good run from our boy. Um. It's not over. I reckon it pisses in the next start as well. Um, but yeah, overall, it is what it is. But um, another thing I just want to touch on just quickly, mate. Yep. Lost and running runs. I reckon it wins. What do you think? I, think? I think it would have been the perfect race for lost and running. Um, just would have absolutely fed into its game plan. Everything would have run straight really well. Just would have smashed over the top. What do you reckon? You agree? Hundred percent. I think it's very appropriate that it was Eduardo and Nature Strip, the old running mates. They took each other out of the race because they were too busy butting heads out wide and let the inside horses do their job. And like you said, lost and running drew further inside than those two. He would have had the clear run of the race. He would have, I reckon, Huey would have timed to perfection. It was pretty funny. Like he was joking, but in his uh, when they went to interview him, when they always get the jockey comments, they went Hugh Bowman, um, uh. Kemitari, and he just goes, oh, I just want to cry. Nah, nah, kidding. But like, we all knew what he was saying. Like, I think anyone that watches back that race knew that that would have been lost in runnings to lose in transit. And I think he's going to come out and show that in the, uh, the Nature Strip Stakes in a couple of weeks' time on Golden Eagle Day. So I'm very much looking forward to that. But, yeah, it's very crazy. And I agree with you. I think Nature Strip does win the eventual rematch that we're going to see. Giga Kick versus Nature Strip down the Flemington Straight in the champion sprint. And honestly, surely Nature Strip has to beat him there. If Giga Kick comes out and wins again, I'll truly eat my words. I don't know if Giga Kick is going to go on to have a massive career. Like, I really hope so. It's a great story. Like, absolute horse from the clouds. Clayton Douglas, really young trainer. To win this race so young in his career, it's inspiring. It basically, you know shows anyone that wants to get into that sort of career that they can do it and they can be successful no matter what the experts tell you or the armchair warriors tweet at you. But, yeah, very, very crazy. So I definitely agree with you there that Lost and Running wins that race if he does indeed run and didn't get that skin irritation. It was just one of those factors. Again, you said the barrier with Nature Strip, Lost and Running getting scratched. That is just racing. But apart from the race, the day itself 
What did you think? Did you think that the day itself were lived up to the hype? Ah, yeah, it was really good. Um, I know I had a couple of mates, so we were we were obviously floating around between the members and the general admission ourselves. Yes. Um, we had members tickets, but we just we were mission by heart, and um, the the atmosphere in general admission can't be beaten, to be honest. So we went down there for the big races. We also had a couple of mates down in general admission, and um, yeah, it was crazy, shoulder to shoulder. So um. Yeah, I had I had a mate that rocked up at ten ten o'clock on the dot, and he said all tables were and seats were taken by ten o five. So that just puts it into perspective how busy it, it would have been five minutes in. Every single table's taken across the whole entire race course. Um, yeah, it was packed, man. So bit of fun, but um, yeah, definitely lived up to the to the hype that we knew. Um, obviously last year we went, but it was capped at ten thousand. Yeah. For um for COVID, but yeah, it was it was an amazing experience. Um, good day out with the with the boys. Um, yeah, great day, mate. Yeah, like we said, we thought we were rocking up early, rocking up at ten thirty. Like, nah, it's gone. Everything was gone. We did get a good spot up in the Doncaster stand though, but gee, I, I must say, Nick, next year Peter Volandis wants to crack. The fifty thousand mark, and then every year after that, he wants to get bigger and bigger and bigger. There are already rumors that he wants it to be a twenty million dollar race, a twenty five million dollar race. He wants the Everest to take over Australian racing, and you know a lot of people already claim that it's bigger than the Melbourne Cup, but he wants it to be legitimately, like without doubt, the biggest race in Australia. And all I can say is, I think they need a big upgrade of the facilities because, as fun as it was. It was an absolute madhouse at Randwick on uh, on Saturday. If Nature Strip had gotten up, geez, I think there would have been a lot of people getting crushed in the uh, the absolute mosh that was that GA. Like it would have been nuts. So maybe it was good that Giga Kick got up, so it didn't cause the pandemonium that would have happened. But I think they need to get some uh, some stands on the infield. They need to start renovating, renovating, renovating. Because if they want 50,000, 60,000 plus, they're going to need a few more facilities because I know you, you spent quite a bit of time in some lines for the bar, the toilet. Oh, that was ridiculous. There was, I think we waited 40 minutes to get to the front of the bar and without sounding obnoxious, the the people had no idea what they were doing at the serving. I asked to use um, my members' points and they're like, no, you can't do that. No, it was, it was, Pissed me off, to be honest. And the guy that served us, his name was Eduardo. So we were just pointing at him and saying, you're going to lose. <laughs> uh, it was good fun. Yeah. But I mean, I'd, I felt like a pretty bad bloke on the day. I was down getting our food. You got, you'd gotten sent on drink duty. I was on food duty. And I get there and I join the line. I finally get to the front, make the order, get my buzzer. Walk over to the massive crowd that were waiting in with their buzzers. And I was like, okay, how long have we all been waiting? One guy goes, I've been here for about 40 minutes. I've missed a race already. I'm about to miss the next one. And I'm like, shit, I'm in for a long haul. And then all of a sudden, two minutes later, my buzzer beeps. And I have to walk past this long line of angry people that have been waiting for ages to grab my food after only waiting for five. <laughs> Safe to say, I, uh, I left that line in a uh, pretty restless state. The uh, I'm sorry to the... Uh, hospitality crew that copped an absolute spray from all the people behind me in that line. 
Yeah, it happens. Um, also, mate, just wanted to quickly touch. I'm not sure if you wanted to add anything else, but Cawthorn Cup, mate. What do you think yes. of the Cawthorn Cup? Of course, as we move on from the Everest, we can't deny that Caulfield Cup Day is a massive day in Melbourne as well. The fans packed out Caulfield as well. It was great to see. There was almost 80,000-plus racing fans around the two big uh, two big courses, Randwick and Caulfield, on the day. And absolute, you know, fairy tale story, uh, Durston getting up. He was an emergency. I really rated his chances, like I said on the podcast. I reckon he's if he gets in... He's a chance. He's a contender. I just didn't think he would get in because he was emerging. I didn't think anyone would scratch, but perfect ride. Mickey D, he's off to the Melbourne Cup now. Uh, he'll get Damien Oliver on board. And have you seen the footage of the uh, the racing manager, uh, Andrew Hawkins, during the week? Uh, I haven't, actually. Um, do you want to Well, it was, uh, you know, it just showed because uh, Andrew Hawkins, of course, based in Sydney, couldn't get down to Melbourne for the Cup. He was watching it on the screen and absolutely broke down in happiness. He uh, was in tears after seeing his horse get up in the Caulfield Cup, and it was just emotional watching it. You know, it just shows that how much effort goes in behind these horses, and it's not just you know horse rocks up on the day and runs his best. There's a whole team behind every single horse, every single stable, and just to see them, you know, defy the odds and get up in such a big race. Beautiful to watch. So what were your thoughts on the race itself? Yeah, it was good. Um, thought Night's Order had a pretty good run going into it. Um, probably held off pretty nigh, led the whole way and, and kicked almost almost as well as it could. So snagged the third place, got me some points in the tip-off, so I can't complain. Um, might get a suit up in the Melbourne Cup, I know that. Um, and if it does, it might might well and truly be my bet for the Melbourne Cup, but we'll wait and see if um, Knight's Order gets a run. But, yeah, great run by Durst in the end. Um, class class race, big race. Um, yeah, it's, it's good Cox Plate this week, so even more exciting. Yeah, well, before we move on to the Cox Plate talk later on in the show, finally, I just want to ask, Caulfield Cup, did you see any horses that you think would win the Melbourne Cup? You said Knight's Order might be your bet, but genuinely considering there's a few international Raiders coming over who look very, very talented in their own right, and considering the stats say that this year's Caulfield Cup was a lot worse than incentivized, not taking anything away from the likes of Durston, but apparently I think I read somewhere that if the race was run compared to last year, both with similar conditions as well, incentivized would have won by about like 15 lengths or something. So does it, did anything come out of that Caulfield Cup that you think can genuinely go on and win the Melbourne Cup in two weeks' time? Yeah, yeah, like I said, Knights always a, is a chance. Um, you always know um, you've seen it with Twilight Payment a couple of years back, leading the whole way in the Melbourne Cup um, and winning. But um, Gold Trip, I thought it had an absolute real good run, almost got there in the end. Um, it was probably the one, one of the ones to take it out of the race for me. So... Um, see if he gets a start in in the big one, but um, yeah, Gold Trip was a, it was a great run in my eyes. Yep, Gold Trip was pretty good. So was Montefilia. Uh, but yeah, Gold Trip first up, he has to tackle the Cox Plate, which we will get into. But anything to get into before we go straight to Randwick, mate? No, I'm easy, mate. Let's get straight into it. All right, punters, before you do anything, make sure to rate us five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us a subscribe. 
uh, subscribe with whatever platform you're listening to. We're growing every week. We broke our record for listeners last week with over 600 listens. So we thank you very much for that. It is an honor and a privilege to be bringing this to you every week. So make sure for us to continue to grow. Give us a five-star rating and a subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. And Nick, of course, we can't forget a shout-out to our good friends at Dabble. Yeah, that's right. Um, any bets that we mentioned on this podcast, you can use their unique system of the copy bet feature. Put on the bet that we say, and all you have to do is press one button, and it's in your pending account, and you can put your own stake on, and it takes literally no time. Yes, they're absolutely revolutionizing social gambling right now. Uh, they came out in the news. They had a column on them. It was a very good read. They said that they don't think of themselves as a bookmaker with social features. They think of themselves as a social media app with uh, the ability to bet on it as well. So it's the best of both worlds. If you like yourself a bit of social media and you like a bet, get on Dabble. Join the 12,000-plus punters that are following at the Mock Sports on the app. Win with us this racing season by downloading Dabble and using the code the Mock Sports when signing up to let them know we sent you. All right, mate, Randwick time, final time that we're on Randwick before we go to Rose Hill for a couple of weeks. It's copped a pounding this track over the last month, and so that's why the rail is out four metres. Uh, I predict that it's going to be a heavy eight. It was a soft five, got all the way down to soft five, I believe, or soft six, I'm not sure, last week with the sun, but it is supposed to be raining in the next couple of days, and a shower on race day will ensure that we're anywhere from, I believe, soft seven to the heavy range. It depends how much comes down, so I've done all my form on that wet sort of statistics. Uh, and with that rail out four metres, I predict that potentially there could be somewhat leader bias, but I think uh, the way that the horses will go, they'll probably spread out to the middle of the tracks uh, later on in the day with that inside getting chopped up where it'll start to play a bit fair, but you'll just have to watch those first few races to monitor it. And uh, hopefully there'll be a lot more winners for us this week than there was last week. Of course, we came down to earth a bit off the... Great form we're in. We only uh, got a few winners last week to prove we are human, but hopefully the bounce back is coming this week. So we move into race one at the 1,000-metre mark. A lot of horses, Nick, that we have no knowledge of. They're all unraced two-year-olds. They've only been going to the trials. I've watched trials very, very closely. As most of you know, I'm all in on the two-year-olds this year. Um, and a few of them are still to rest above the rest of the pack. I think Get Along looks like a nice horse. Decent price at $8.50. Um, however, I do want to be with a horse that I did see in person. And um, the only horse I saw trial in person was Mexico. Mexico, sorry, closed off very soundly behind Osmosis, who long-time listeners of this podcast know was my highest-rated uh, cult coming out of those trials. I'm a big fan of it come autumn time. I've actually spoken to Bjorn Baker. He's pretty confident as well. He says come autumn time, he's a horse to watch. So I think that form goes a long way here since Mexico was third to him by less than two lengths in his trial. So... I think McAvoy jumps, settles in the midfield, makes his case come the final stages to rise over them at the nice price of $10 to win, $3.50 to place each way. Nick, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you said Gillong's a good-looking horse. I'm going gonna to go with it here. Um, it's uh, the son of Zusta, who um, we did um, have a look at a couple of, couple of years back. I know we, we got into that. So, yeah, Gillong for me, Pikey on board, $7.50, $2.60 for a play. In the first, don't really know too much about it. Um, heading to race two here, um, eighteen hundred um, race two, another highway here. It's a pretty open race to be honest. Um, I'm going to keep it pretty simple. Um, there's only two horses that I really, really like, um, and sorry, three horses, and uh, I'm going to go for a trifecta play on them. Um, 
my tip will be Highland Bay. Um, name bet. Pure name bet. But I also um, I like King of Spades and the Lord Dezen Murks. However you say it. We get it wrong every time. I get it wrong every time, but it's one for me in the past. So those three in a trifecta, but uh, Highland Bay will be my tip for a name bet. Uh, lovely. I'm going to go with Mr. 88. He isn't in the field quite yet, but I believe the two scratchings that are required to get him in will happen considering this weather. So I think he will uh, can move across from the wide barrier that he'll jump from, get a solid enough lead, go on with it. He'll carry absolute feathers with 51 kilos on the back after that apprentice claim goes in. Uh, $13 to win, $4 to place. Does his best work in the wet, constantly knocking on the door for a win. Thinks he gets it here. But, however, if he doesn't get in the field, I'll go with King of Spades. You mentioned him as a good horse, and I agree 100%. So, Mr. 88, the main bet, if he's in the field, if he gets scratched, I'll be on King of Spades. Race three, I'll keep this one nice and simple. Russ Bus form goes all the way back to Kips Bay and has been really good in his last few runs, including a win last week at Kem Grange. And I love the quick backup with these horses when it comes to the wet tracks. Gets a weight drop thanks to Ellen Hennessy on the back. Gets three kilos off the back from its regular one, so he'll be coming in with the bottom weight. Think the odds of $12 to win, $3.80 to place are ones I want to take here in a pretty open midway. So Russ Bus for me in the midway, Nick. Yeah, very nice, mate. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with strokes here. Someone's gotta cover it. Um one of our mates owns this $26 for a win and $7 for a place, and he'll be kicking us if we don't get on it. So yep. I'll, I'll go with the strokes here. Uh heading to race four, benchmark 78 at 1600 meters. Uh your favorite mahogany looks to be a real good horse in this one. Um, we're going to give forgive its last start place behind Hosier and Casino Kid. Um, but another one to look at here. Cognac is another one. Um, one last start at Bathurst by three and a half lengths. Um, coming over to Ramwick, it's going to be a, probably a, a lot bigger of a, of a race, harder field. Um, but I, I don't mind the Willingla Rafio. Whoever, however you say it, all these horses, they've got some difficult names, mate. And I, I'll be honest, I'm not much of a reader. So, um, yeah, last start, obviously, 12th start, uh, 12th out of 13th, but um, we'll leave that and forgive that start. But before that, um, it's had a win. And before the spell, it was second win-win before that as well. So, um, Prentice Jockey on board claims 1.5, so it'll be my tip for this one, $4.40 and $1.80. So take it $4.40 on the nose. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Uh, don't blame me there, but I'm going to stick with Mahagoni here. Uh, very class horse, dropping back here, so he draws very ideally. Shin, absolutely on fire as a jockey, should win it, and convincingly at $4, I reckon. Uh, he moved to the fifth, 1,600-meter mark. Purple Sector, Big Boy Roy, to both cross the try to get the rail, lead the whole way, but I'm not convinced their form holds up. I think the form that I want to be with is War Eternals. He'll be on the pace from the second barrier. He should be able to take a sit, stalk the leaders the entire trip and run past them in those final 200 metres. Uh, massive drop-off in grade from him. I know this is a stakes race, but uh, he comes out of the Epsom. Uh, you know, the Epsom didn't put in a, like an amazing run, but, you know, he was contesting much better quality horses than here. Like, there's a big difference between the top ranks, the Iceberg, uh, Iceberg Ice Bath, and Ellsbergs of the world than the Purple Sectors and Big Boy Roy's. So I think uh, he gets right down in the weights as well. He's carrying not much weight on the board. $4.40, I'm happy to take him on here. Uh, War Eternal for me in the fifth, Nick. Yeah, I'm going to go with Yee Yee here. It was a pretty tough one between Purple Sector and Yee Yee. Um, however, Purple Sector's last start um, wasn't one that I really liked the look of. 
Um, just got held behind and didn't have a good run. Um, yeah, yeah. Followed it a bit. It's pretty much had a spell now. Um, it's been a while since it's had its last run. Um, just over a month now. So coming back into it, decent horse. Um, so I'm going to take it as first first up record, which has had two wins from five and a second place as well. So got a pretty decent first up record, and it'll be my tip for the fifth. Heading to the sixth here, uh, Northern Beaches, ripped as Heslar, just want to say that. Uh, willing and a best, the favourite at $2.90. Um, looks pretty good to me. Third place, last start, behind Best of Bordeaux and Sweet Ride. Best of Bordeaux, a very, very good horse. It's a uh, pretty good form to go off. But I really like Coat here. Colette on board. Um, won its last start, a, a real short price of $1.80. Won by uh, just under two lengths with Tommy Berry. But, um, yeah, really really liking it here. So, it's going to be coat for me in the in the sixth. Yeah, great mind thinks alike. I'm also going to be on coat hay. Um, yeah, it was there when he won that race. Like, I tipped himself that day. It was an absolute bog, and he was a leader. Of course, he was going to win. But I think he'll do very much the same here. He'll ping out the gates, try cross, get to the front of the pack, go all the way with it. So, I'll also be on coat hay. Uh, race seven, the 1,600-meter mark, the uh, calendar Presnell. Um, yeah, I think the clear horse here tips itself. I wish I had the point, Golden Mile. Uh, class above these ones. Comes out of here from the Guineas. Absolutely outstanding run. You couldn't fault it. The only difference here, no J-Mac and the 10th barrier as well. So those are two things that are quite different with this run. The fact that it's drawn wide and it doesn't have J-Mac, but I just think that class will prevail here. Golden Mile to get it done at a very short price of $1.75, Nick. Yeah, I'm going to do something a bit different here just because uh, we've seen what's happened with favourites lately. Um, haven't been going too well and you've got a tip. So I'm going to go with Baz Quate here. Um, some decent form to go off. Um, fifth place last start um, behind Opal Ridge. Um, it started before that as well. It's 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 in the race behind Jack and Owen in secret. Although it was a fair way back, it's still racing pretty well. And before that, it only finished three lengths behind Golden Mile. And then before that, um, Kaboo as well. So some, some decent fields have been racing in and probably de- um, races in a probably less less talented field here. Probably, I'd say, the top five horse in this race. So if it has a perfect run, um, can definitely get up. But Gold Mile looks to be a good choice. But from a betting point of view, I'm going to go with Baz Quaid in this one. So that'll Very be nice. race number seven. We head over to race number eight, the 2,000 metres Mowat and Chandon Spring Champion. The big, yes. the big race of the day. Group uh, one. Over at, over at Randwick. Is this part of the tip-off? Uh, it is part of the tip-off, but we are touching on the tip-off ones now because we're saving our big analysis for that Cox Plate. So the tip-off concludes, uh, sorry, includes Cox Plate, Spring Champion Stakes, the Invitation and the Manicato Stakes on the Friday night, but the Spring Champion, Manicato and the Invitation will just be touching on a lot briefer than we usually do in the tip-off because we're going balls deep, runner by runner in the Cox Plate. So take us away with your thoughts on the Spring Champion Stakes, mate. Yeah, that's right. So your favourite here is Elliptical. Um, last start, 0.2 lengths behind Golden Mile, and Golden Mile had an absolute perfect run last start. So good run behind that. And then the start before that um, came third behind Bank Moore. So, um, yeah, that's your favourite there. Um, can look into that. But I'm going to go Williamsburg here. Um, before its last start, its win was pretty good um, in front of Communists. And um, I'm pretty sure we are in. We um, were. We were there that day, and it raced really, really well. So I'm going to go Williamsburg in the Group 1 for the big one over at um, Randwick for the day. How about you, mate? Yeah, this is the race last year, if you're unaware, punters, that Profondo kicked off its uh, star-making career, absolutely trumped them in a 
great race over the 2,000 metre marks. Hasn't really fired a shot since, but we'll get into that in the Cox Plate talk as it goes around there. But um, I've been on a horse that I've stuck with time and time again. I'm going to have to be with it here because I know if it wins, I'll kick myself. That's She's Extreme. $5 to win, $2 to place. The only downside is no Tommy Berry because Tommy Berry copped a suspension when he was riding in Melbourne. Unlucky. So he gets uh, she gets Glenn Schofield on here. So very disappointed in that. But she is a horse that I just think keeps wanting more ground. Uh, she's won a group one over the 1600. So I don't think the 2000 meters will uh, phase her one bit. And she swims. We all know that all of her good runs come on these heavy affected tracks. Glenn Schofield is not a bad jockey in his own right. Just because he hasn't won a big race like this in a while doesn't mean that he can't. So don't knock the jockey. Don't knock it just the fact that it doesn't have Tommy Berry on it. I think She's Extreme can really put a good run in here. And she doesn't have to deal with the likes of all the golden sipper horses that she was dealing with previously. Like she had to run in behind Fireburn previously. Doesn't have her here. She had to run behind Zugotcha. Doesn't have that here. Had to run behind the likes of Jackano in secret. They're not here. So she's the class horse. I think she's got the best form. So $5 to win and $2 to place on She's Extreme is what I want to have. As we go into the ninth, the invitation won last year by Ice Bath. And she goes the favorite here again. Uh, 59 kilos. Tommy Sherry on board. No J-Mac this time. As J-Mac is down in Melbourne, of course. But, gee, I don't know if I want to be touching her after the last start. I was with her all the way in the Epsom and she let me down again. She seems to always be the bridesmaid. Never the bride, Nick. Uh, but it's a strong, strong field. You've got Forbidden Love, Nima Lee, Electric Girl, Promises Success. What's that? Expat, Barb Raider, Belle Placier, Espiona, Never Talk, She's a Belter, and then the Emergencies Charmer Baby and our good friend Ita. Uh, gee, tough one, but I'm going to have to go Nima Lee. Nima Lee did get beat home by Ice Bath in that Epsom, but I think Nima Lee had the better run in transit because, of course, Nimalee wasn't really expected to do a whole lot compared to Ice Bath. Ice Bath was expected to win. Nimalee was expected to be coming down the uh, the end tail, but she came fifth, albeit by six lengths. But I think uh, just the, the form coming out of it, Ellsberg top ranked their class above these ones, of course. I just think she does really good work on heavy, drops back to a distance where she can realistically uh, hold a strong pace at the front if she's able to cross and get towards the front of the pack. Uh, yeah, don't want to touch Espiona with a 12-foot pole, but knowing that she probably comes out here and wins finally again. But, uh, yeah, you watch Ice Bath get up again. I remember fondly with this race, you gave me so much shit for thinking Ice Bath could win on a good three track and she got up anyway. So this would be the time that she actually gets up again. But, yeah, Nimali for me, mate. What are your thoughts? Yeah, we'll touch it with a 12-foot pole, mate. Espiona. $6.50 and $2.40 replace um, Abdullah on board. Um, I reckon that they've really picked this race, Waller's Camp. Uh, scratched her last week, um, so she comes into this one looking pretty well. Um, raced really well in that second up run um, behind Nimalee and, and really hit the line really, really well. So coming into this one here, um, should be peaking. So $6.50 and $2.40, Espiona in the invitation. Fair enough. Does no J-Mac worry you on uh, Espiona? Uh, not necessarily because J-Mac hasn't really done too much on it. So new jockey on board. Let's, ha- let's see how it goes. So, um, yeah, we'll head over to the last over in Ramwick. Race number 10, 1,200 metres, benchmark 88 to finish it. Uh, Clemenceau is the $3.50 favourite with a second place 
behind Remark earlier and then Zethus as well. So that's pretty good form to go off if you ask me. Um, my Fox, sorry, Fox Fighter is a good good roughie. Um, hasn't raced in in a minute, so it's um, pretty much had a month off. So it comes out pretty much first up. So could be in the place, and I'd I'd include it in your exotics. But um, I'm going to be with a favourite, like I said here. Um, the form with Remark goes too well. Remark's been running really, really well lately, and $3.50 is a price that I can get around. So, yeah, I'll be with a favourite in the last. Uh, fair enough, mate. I'm um, going to have to go back to Nalia. Um, Choi has to get the win here. Gets the wet track, comes off strong form. Last start, we were there. Uh, Remark just out sprinted him. Very strong form to have, I think, behind Remark. I think the repeat run here from the inside barrier hopefully finds a clean part of the track that isn't too chopped up. Runs on strongly. $5 to win, $2 to place with Bacchanalia to finish us off at Randwick. And like we said, we're going to quickly hop over to Mooney Valley on the Friday nights. Touch on the group one there, the Manicado Stakes. Nick, talk us through it. Uh, it's a big, big race. I mean, looking at the field, a lot of horses here that were once really good. They've dropped off the map against horses that are, you know, back in form. You've got the likes of Behemoth, who's well and truly dropped off the map. We all know my love affair with Behemoth, but, gee, he's cast out there in that 16th barrier, and he doesn't really, hasn't really fired a shot in a very long time. You've got 11-11. We're big fans of that horse. Uh, Streets of Avalon, the Inferno, Paul Lilly is your favourite. Shakira, Rothfire, the Astrologist, September Run, two of our favourites there. Bella Nipatina, Rockin' Horse, Jamay, Best of Bordeaux, Cool and Gatter, Savile Toxel, General Bow, In the Boat, and Sweet Ride. Big, big field, of course. A few of them are emergencies that will come out beforehand. But, uh, yeah, just on a face value, Nick, your thoughts and why on the Manicato? Yeah, it's a good race. Got a lot of black bookers in this one. You've got Behemoth, 11-11, Paul Ellie, September Run, um, Astrologist, Best of Bordeaux, and Cool and Gatta, which are some of my black bookers that I really, really like. Um, Behemoth, probably just, just not looking the same as it used to. 11-11, just... Probably not not first up in this one. Um, first up record's pretty terrible. No wins from eight starts. So, likes to get into its prep a bit more. Um, the Inferno as well, another one that I don't want to look off. But yeah, probably not in this one. Um, just hasn't really hit very well in the last couple of two preps. Paul Ellie, great run last start, but um, yeah, eye injury probably worries me a little bit. I guess. Um, yeah, that's just me. September run. Um, yeah, what can I say about this horse? Followed it a couple couple of times, but just hasn't done anything for me. Uh, best of Bordeaux, another young one that I really like the look of, but um, I'm going to be with Cool and Gatter here. 50 kilos last time, it raced on a Friday night and absolutely blitzed it in. So it's going to do it again here on, a, on another Friday night, another group one. $5.50 is giving me Rudy Valley vibes, standing on the table, dancing vibes, it's giving me everything I need. $2.15 for a place, put it each way now, I'm getting on it already. That's for sure. Cool and Gatter to win the Anacardo Stakes on Friday night. Yeah, uh, honestly, Paul Lilly drawn really well. I think it'll get a very good run in the race. J-Muck on fire, no doubt. But um, I tweeted something out and I sent the same thing to you. Uh, I was all over Best of Bordeaux at the price before the barrier draw. I thought Best of Bordeaux would be a super, super, super good horse to have at $15 to win and $4.20 to place. But then he drew barrier 14. And we know that that's not quite the place to be at Mooney Valley. Gee, if he gets up now, I'll be really, really upset. But we know that the place to be at Mooney Valley is on the fence 
and just pinging out those gates and going on with it being in the lead. And the only thing that stops that, I think, is if torrential rain comes down and that inside lane's incredibly chopped up. So let's hope it's not. And the, what I sent to you and what I tweeted was all over best of Bordeaux, but now all I can think of is cool and gather by how far. She's coming into this race, absolute feathers on the back, 51 kilos, first barrier, Jamie Carr. Some people say she hasn't run out a strong 1,200 before. That's because the only time she's done so was it was her first up in Doombin earlier this year. Then she won the Magic Millions, which the form is a lot weaker uh, there than it is here. But then, of course, went to the Golden Slipper and came a disappointing third for a lot of backers there. But I think it just holds up. I think $5.50 to win, $2.15 to play. So I would have liked a uh, high price, but... Surely Coolangatta comes out and does the Moir Manicato double, I think. Only other horses Back I could... That. Yeah. All I, all, the only thing I could think of is maybe having Astrola just a little each way. Good place price at $6. So if you're looking for a roughie, I think Astrola just maybe uh, gets around there and gets into the placing. Same can be said for September run. But I think that, uh, yeah, Coolangatta at those odds is a better bet than Paul Lilly at $3.70. I think I'd rather take that. Uh, really anything else, Nick, to touch on? Uh, nothing for me in that one, mate. Fair enough. Okay, let's head to the Cox Plate. Like we did last week at the Everest and the Caulfield Cup, we're about to sort the contenders from the pretenders, Nico. We're going absolutely balls deep in the Cox Plate, mate. So I'll just read out the field here. We've got Zaki, I'm Thunderstruck, Alligator Blood, Mr. Brightside, Mwanga, Gold Trip, Law of Indices, Young Verta, Maximal, Animo, Profondo, and El Bodegon, the best of the best middle distance and stay horses in the country. Right now, arguably, you could make a case that some of these don't deserve to be here, but according to Mooney Valley Race Club, these are the best of the best, and boy, oh boy, is it going to be a good race. So thoughts face value, Nick. What are you liking? What are you saying? We'll go here through the runners. Zaki, pretender or contender from the first barrier? Oh, contender. Probably it's really to the race with this first barrier and changes it changes the game um yeah four dollars for a win um could be a play for me so zaki is a definite contender in the first barrier i think it probably runs up and pretty much blocks off alligator blood from getting to the front and then that takes alligator blood from the race so um zaki's got a lot of control in this one so i think definite contender how about you 100% 100% contender. I didn't want to touch Zaki at all before the barrier draw, but I was going to make the big call that it was a pretender, but then it drew barrier one. Like, that's the thing. It hasn't had its last two starts. It didn't have the ability to get the rail because Alligator Blood had drawn a better position. Alligator Blood put the pace into the race, and Zaki wasn't able to take it up on it. Now Zaki gets to dictate it. We all know that Mooney Valley leaders track. If it goes into that tiny straight, about 1.5 or two lengths in front, I think game over. Jamie Carr takes it all the way. And Zaki wins. I'm not sure that'll be the case, though. But Zaki, definite contender. Then we go into number two, I'm Thunderstruck from the 10th barrier. One of the horses that was the biggest, one of the biggest losers from the barrier draws. Uh, Mark Zara on board, of course, carrying 59 kilos in the weight for age conditions. Uh, $14 to win, $3.30 to place. I'm Thunderstruck. I'm going to say contender. Uh, We know that it will get right to the back. And that's not the place you want to be when it comes to this sort of race. But... Mooney Valley Specialist almost. Been to the uh, the track once for one win, and it was a very good win in that ride as well. Um, can do the distance, prove that last start. It was only ever beaten by Animo by the barest of margins. 
I think this horse really shakes up. You'd be a fool not to have him in your top fours or your trifectas. I think he'll be storming home down the outside to finish it off. But what are your thoughts, Nick? Yeah, contender. It's going to be tough. Um, but, yeah, one of my favourite horses running around, so definitely contender for me. Head over to Alligator Blood, mate. Uh, contender or pretender for you, mate? Uh, pretender after the barrier draw. I, I thought he was a pretender this whole prep. He's continued to, you know, make a fool out of me as it as I continue to look this season in the Quaddy Potty Nick. But Alligator Blood drawing the 12th barrier. He's the furthest horse out. He won't get that rail like he wants. I think he'll be blocked off by the likes of Zaki and maybe even a couple others. So no Alligator Blood for me in the Cox Plate. What about you? Uh, I think it's a pretender now. Um, like I said, Zaki cuts off Alligator Blood um, and Alligator Blood's out of the race. It's a leader and it's a, it's a kicker, but I don't see it getting it done. So, yeah, pretender for me. Um, Mr. Brightside, another pretender for me. Um, another wide barrier. It's just not going to be able to do it. Maybe settle inside and maybe snag a top four chance, but um, I don't see it. Don't see it going, getting up there. Yeah, top four placing uh, best for me as well. Loves the track, of course, but not sure it can run um, much of a you know commanding race here, being from that 11th barrier. Of course, Craig Williams on top of the world just comes off the Everest win, so we know he can get a roughie up, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong with Mr. Brightside when labelling him a pretender. Happy to be wrong if he comes out and wins. Very happy to say I was wrong there, but... For now, he is a pretender as we move to Moanga. Uh, I would have said contender if it was a dry track, but we know that it won't be. So I'm going to say pretender here. Uh, wet tracks is not really Animo's go. We know that he did get that group one in the heavy, but that was, of course, uh, over 1,400 metres, I think, maybe even the mile. Uh, n- not here, I don't think. I think Mawanga, um doesn't really fire a shot. Last year came home for fourth. I think that'll probably be the best he does this year as well. So Mawanga pretender for me. Yeah, I, I don't know why this horse always gets um gets smashed by the bookies. It's always paying a decent amount. Thirty one dollars for this horse. It's a it's a genuine good horse, but I, in saying that, I do say it can't win this. Um, but it is a good price where you can have a stab if you're a real big punter and you want to want to back a roughy. I'd I'd say Mawanga will be one of the roughies that um that'd be paying pretty decent. So I'm gonna go pretender for me but um if you really really like putting in a roughie um it's probably your best chance for a roughie in my opinion fair enough gold trip what do you reckon mate well very interesting the word was they were going to go to the melbourne cup straight after the caulfield cup and after its run on the weekend they went no 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 no, we're going to back up into the cox plate uh drops six um sorry no doesn't drop six kilos here um goes up 1.5 uh, so gains weight, which is, you know, which it probably was going to do in the first place. Maybe it's because top rank got scratched. I've got a little theory that maybe the connections at Australian Bloodstock just wanted a runner in the Cox Plate, so they loved, loved Gold Trip up here. But he's set up. He's certainly set up for a good run here. They've got Jamie Spencer on board, which is a top international jockey that's coming in just for this sort of ride here. So, you know, there must be some confidence from the camp. Marion Eustace, they aren't, they aren't idiots. They wouldn't put him in the race for nothing if they didn't think it was going to have a good chance. But I think I'm going to say pretender. And I feel bad because I, I had Gold Trip as, I think it was my number one tip after Very Elegant in last year's Cox Plate. But has come out and not really proved the same sort of form in Australia as it had in Europe. So I'll say pretender, but I'll definitely be having him in my trifectas and first fours, but I just don't think he beats the likes of Animozaki and the others. So 
What about you? Yeah, I really liked this run last start. Um, just don't know how it can back up a week after running 2,400 metres. It's a big run. Use a lot of energy, and then it's got to back up and run another 2,000-metre race. Um, I just don't think. I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's a contender, but it worries me. Um, backing, backing into it a week after at the distance, um, it's, it's a long race, and, and yeah, it's, a, it's, I don't know. I don't know how horses do it, but, yeah, I, I, I'm a bit worried, but I'll go contender. Fair enough, mate. Then we got Laura of Indices, Young Verta, and Maximal. I think we all know how this is going to go. But out of those three, do you think that they're contenders or pretenders? Pretenders, uh, mate. Let's not waste our time on them. Yeah, all pretenders, all looking at bigger things, especially Young Verta. This is just a trial for him for the uh, Melbourne Cup. So we move to the race favourite, Animo, $2.30. We know how good he is. We know that he could probably get the job done. But, boy... I don't know that $2.30 is a price that I want to be having. I'm tossed and turned with this race a lot, and I'm still undecided, but I want to get your thoughts here. So we know how good he is, but what are your thoughts on Animo? Oh, I don't think you can give the horse any bigger of a price. Like, it's pretty deserved $2.30, Mark. Um, this prep's come up and just looked a different breed, to be honest. Um, I don't know. Animo's really grown on me. Um, I don't know. I just didn't really give it any much time. I was always on or off, and I was on it last Cox Plate though. At the, um, when it had fifty kilos on it, and it almost won second place. Obviously, we do remember that. But um, yeah, uh, yeah it's it's a tough one. Um, that's for sure. But it's really matured this prep and really looked good. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tough one. It's obviously a contender. If you if you think otherwise, you you just don't get it. So definite uh, contender in my eyes. Yeah, I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to say that Animo is a pretender by any means. It's a, the best horse in the race by far. Uh, but the interesting thing is it gets a lot of weight up from last year. A lot of weight up. Like you said, it was carrying feathers. It was either 49 or 50 kilos last year. 57 and a half this year. That's a big, big jump up from last year. And it wasn't the most comfortable of runs around Mooney Valley. And it wasn't the most comfortable rounds, runs around Caulfield either. We've learnt that Animo doesn't really love going around the sharp turns that the anti-clockwise tracks of Victoria have. So, I don't know. I'm not quite sold on Animo, but definitely contender. I don't know. And, and 2,000 metres last week at 58 kilos. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not an idiot. I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to call him a pretender, but I'm undecided if he's going to be my tip. We're going to have to go through the next two horses and I'm going to probably make my tip in a split decision sort of thing because I've got two that I'm tossing up between. But contender Animo, I'm not that much of an idiot to say that he's a pretender. Profondo, contender or pretender at $81, Nick? Pretender, mate. Pretender, no chance. Uh, yeah, very sad to say it. We were all over this bloke last year. We, we thought he had a massive career ahead of him. I still think he's got something left in the tank here. He just needs to go out and he needs to find something... Maybe he goes and gets gelded. I'm not sure. I'm, but I'm sure they wouldn't actually want to do that considering how much it costs them to get him in the first place. They'll want to get some breeding out of him afterwards. But every time he seems propped up for a good run, we think he's back, but he just doesn't fire a shot. I think this just hasn't been his go. I think put him away for autumn. Baby comes back and shows something and gets dry decks. He hasn't gotten a good dry deck uh, 
basically ever, except for that Turnbull where he was just outrun in the um, the going. He was only three lengths back. It was a pretty decent run in his own mind. Doesn't get the dry deck here. Profondo, pretender for me. And now we come to the final horse, El Bodegon, the international raider, the wild card in the race. Damien Oliver on CJ Waller train draws the eighth barrier, which is probably the perfect place for this sort of horse to be, who can move over and sit just off the pace and then see what he does come the straight time. But, uh, Gee, he's the only other horse at single-figure odds other than Zaki and Animo, so the market respects him. The market thinks that he can maybe get the job done. What are your thoughts, Nick? Oh, uh, yeah, he's a contender. I don't know too much about international horses. But it came third behind the the current favourite of the futures market for the for the Melbourne Cup. So um, that reads well in itself. Um, but, yeah, international horses always stress me out just because I just don't understand them that well. But it's... Looks very much like a contender. Uh, Ollie's come out and said, uh, "Look, it's a it's a bit of a smoky going into this race." So, um, yeah, we'll back it in the in the Cox Plate. Yeah, contender here, El Bodegon. Um, like I said, probably draws in the right sort of position. It's a horse that likes to go forward, but can take a sit if it needs to. So, Ollie probably jumps here, probably saunters over, maybe gets, you know, uh, uh, speed map. Looking at it, I think Zaki gets the lead. Alligator Blood just behind that. Maybe Law of Indices joins it. It goes one for one. And I think El Bodegon will join Animo in the position just behind them and just stalk that sort of pack that wants to be up towards the front. And I think El Bodegon and Animo are the ones to try and chase down Zaki. I think Alligator Blood and Law of Indices uh, and anyone else that finds their way up there falls away. And the chasing pack down that straight will see the red and blue, the blue and then the green and black just maybe even go head to head to head like three wide down the straight trying to outrun each other i think it's going to be an excellent race and those are three horses that i'm trying to decide between who's going to get up because i think they're the trifecta i just got to figure out who the one that wins but nick tell me who's your main tip and who's your top four and why okay um i can't decide mate to be honest i'm gonna go with zaki think Barrier wins Zaki this race. Um, Jamie Carr just runs runs Zaki to the front, um, and he gets it done. Uh, top four, it's going to be it's going to be Zaki, Thunderstruck, Animo, and I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go Gold Trip here um, into the fourth. Sorry, yeah, I'll go Gold Trip into the fourth place as well. So not too much of a big player for your your exotic, but um, but yeah, that'll be my top four. Fair enough, mate. Ah, oh, jeez. It's a hard one, but you know what? I'm doubling down. I had the uh, had the opinion on Giga Kick last week, and I got made to look like an idiot. And I'm not afraid to look like an idiot again. I'm the Kane Corns of the horse racing world, Nick. Or at least I might end up being with the egg on my face that might happen after Saturday. The fact that neither of us are covering Animo, neither Mock are going to be on Animo this week because I've decided I'm going on El Bodegon. I just think these international horses, last year it happened with State of Rest. The year before that, it was Sir Dragonate. You said yourself, we don't know much about these international horses. I've looked into it. I don't know a lot about him either, but every single person that is behind this horse, Oliver, Waller, the people that do know international horses, the fact that he comes behind a run in from Duval Legend, the favourite for the Melbourne Cup, suggests that he's in for a big run. He's a bottom weight. I think he gets in a good position. He'll, he'll go the distance. He's also a very tiny horse as well. He doesn't. There's not a lot of him. So, but I just, I don't know, something about this race tells me after all the favourites we've seen go down lately, 
that a big roughy win is coming. And I wouldn't say $7.50 is too rough, but, you know, if an age strip can lose, so can Animo. But, of course, Animo getting up, I wouldn't snuff my nose at. So for my top four, I'll go El Bodegon, Animo, Zaki, and then for fourth spot, I'll chuck in on Thunderstruck. Of course, it's not really rewriting the wheel there. It's uh, the reinventing the wheel, sorry. It's the four most favourite horses by the market, but I think the market's got it spot on here, apart from the fact that I think El Bodegon's going to get over the favourite Animo. Big call, but I think the international horse gets up here. Wow, okay. Yeah, oh, well, I... I'm going to have to double down on it, Nick. I've, hopefully, I don't have the egg on my face. But this sort of time last year, I was making the big calls and I was getting them up. Remember, I proved that Ice Bath could win on a good track. So let's hope that this one goes my way as well. But uh, we move on from the Cox Plate. That's who we think the contenders and the pretenders are. Um, do we want to touch on the Around the Grounds? Or will we just send them out on the, the Instagram this, year, uh, this week? Sorry. Um. Oh, we can quickly touch on it if you want, mate. Um, I'll just get mine up now. Yeah, I'll uh, go through mine really quickly because I only have a few. They're all at Mooney Valley on the Saturday. I believe it is race uh, five. The field, No, not race five. Race four. The um, Grease, $3.70 to win. Very, very good horse. Came out and absolutely ran a peach of a race last start. I think it does similar things here. Race six, I'll go um, military expert in the uh, Crystal Mile. You've been going pretty good with that horse, Nick. I'm happy to jump on board with you. Um, and then looking elsewhere in the um, 10th at uh, Mooney Valley, I'll go Cerulean Miss. Uh, missed its last start. It got up at big odds and it cursed myself. It's in the black book. Always back your black book punters. So I'll do it here with Cerulean Miss. Uh, what are yours, Nick? Um, if you get on quick enough tomorrow, you got Gipelli running at four fifteen. So I will put a lay bet on for that horse. Anything <laughs> that horse lose, it is um, it won't win. So I'd go on a bet fair and lay that horse and and drop a house on it because it's it's not winning. Chapelli uh, tomorrow. If you get before it at four fifteen, lay that horse because that horse will not win. Um, going to Saturday, Persan race number eight over at Mooney Valley, uh, four dollars sixty. For the win, um, enough said about it, and hopefully might be able to sneak its way into the cup. Who knows? Um, run a cup before, so it's it's pretty good. Um, Aussie Nugget as well over in Doomin race nine, five dollars fifty, two dollars fifteen for place. Love Aussie Nugget. It's probably my most tipped around the grounds horse so far. So we'll get into it. Very nice. All right, Lacotti, mate. We so I think we hit one earlier in the season, but we're back on our run where we just can't really snag it. This is the week, mate. This is the week. I can feel it. Race 7 at Randwick, we've got Golden Mile, Flag of Honor, Communist, and Basquate. And in race 8, we've got She's Extreme, Elliptical, Williamsburg, and Conqueror. Who have we got in the last two? Fat, because it's a bit bit of a big field, and um, it's pretty open in our opinion. So Ice Bath, Nimalee, Espiona, Expat, and Forbidden Love. And then last race, we got Bacchanalia, uh, Cull Crusher, Samut, and then Fox Fighter as well. $50 gets you 15.62%. There's a couple of roughies in there as well, so it should pay out pretty decently. Well, uh, yeah, we'll fix that up with scratchings as well. And sorry, I forgot to write it on our little run sheet, Nick. Um, Clemenceau goes in that last leg, of course. We've got to cover the uh, favourite there. So we've gone four in the first leg, four in the second leg, and then five in those last two legs because they're very open fields, like you said. Hopefully a bit of value gets up. And we get it. But, Nick, anything else to say to the punters before we sign off for another week? 
Ah, uh, nothing from me, lads. Thank you for listening last week. Um, great to get a lot of listeners um, building this platform that we have, and we're really enjoying doing it. So yeah, six hundred fifty listeners yesterday. Uh, last week, sorry. So let's keep it up for these big ones. Um, any feedback? Just make sure you send us a DM on the Instagram at the Mock Sports, and um, we're happy to get back to you and change up anything if it's reasonable so that's all from me boys um and girls so keep it keep well stay good um tips and winners good luck yeah fair enough mate big thank you from me as well the community is growing as nick said and another thing that we want to say about our community is we've run a punt club with our good friends at punt club there if you're still listening make sure to go to puntclub.com sign up there and join the mock sports the people's punt club the details will be in our show notes the link that you can go to to sign up it'll also be in our instagram bio as well but basically what we're doing is over melbourne cup weekend oh not weekend week we've got derby day in the melbourne cup day in the oaks day in the champion stakes day four massive days of racing across across new south wales and victoria Get as many punters in as possible. We don't care if you're fresh 18, you have no idea what you're doing, or you're 50 years old and you've got years of experience. We want to get as many blokes and sheilas in that love a good punt, get around each other, get a big kitty going, and we'll put out some surveys to say what horses we all want to go on, and we're going to ride it as a group. So we're going to have some big bets in the big races, and you'll know that you've got a tip out there in the big race for big money coming your way with a massive group and hopefully it'll be a lot of fun along the way and hopefully we win. So in the show notes, the link to Punt Club and it'll be the Mock Sports Punt Club that you can sign up for. Very, very excited. But other than that, punters, we will see you back here next week and as always, gamble responsibly.